Get some recipes. Yeah. Yes, sir. I can't believe you've done this. Welcome to the Evolve Podcast, a podcast that explores personal evolution through our choices and overcoming life's challenges. The Evolve community is your ultimate destination for personal growth and evolution. True to form, I'm, I get to continue to be the dumbest person in the room. That's fantastic. Thank you. Did you ever get a, uh, uh, a quantum physical uh, explanation for how to uh, bake a meatloaf from a porn star? Bake a meatloaf from a porn star? All right, so Lyle, we normally start our show by asking our uh, question to our guests of what music that they're listening to or what's inspiring them. Uh, but since the show is going to be all about music, I want to start it a little bit different tonight. And knowing you, what I really want to know is what is the last artist or band T-shirt that you wore? Um, I've got a closet full of them. I've got a bucket of motivational ones that no longer fit. That are <laughs> program. So they weren't very motivational? <laughs> um, they're still functioning Functioning as motivational. Teacher. There you go. Okay I'm, okay. I'm working to slim down right now. I'm down uh, 15 pounds since January 23rd. So nice. I've got my eye on some shirts. But That's now awesome. right now, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Now right now I'm wearing one. Um, all them witches. So, so what is that? They're a band that a out band? of Nashville. Okay. Um, kind of psych rock, not quite heavy metal. Um, they're Did a you just say psych rock? Yeah, kind of psychedelic. I mean, their oh, songs, okay. you know, drag out to eight, nine, ten minutes at times. Um, they're a, they're a three piece now. Used to be a four piece. They had an organ. And I, and I miss that part of the of the uh, band. Um, they 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 traded organ players from the one that I saw them play with, and they've got a new guy. And it's I mean I still like them. Their new their new album's really really good. I've been listening to it almost nonstop in my car. Um, but yeah, they're they're worth checking out. They uh, they've got. What's the name of it again? All, All them witches. witches. All them witches. Yeah, my, that's a great title. Have you ever heard of psychedelic or psych rock? Uh huh. You've heard of that? Uh, I've never investigated it, but I do know the term. Okay, I've never heard of that. Casey, I'm assuming you're as dumb as I am on this. You've never. Heard uh, actually, Steve, I've got quite the genre on that deal. Right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, folks, we want to welcome you to another bonus episode of the Evolve Podcast, a podcast that explores personal evolution through our choices and overcoming the challenges life throws at us. Miles uh, set, rock, ready to roll. Miles is excited. He's thrown his hands up in the air for this one tonight. So yeah, I've been waiting you, for this one. Yeah, coming to you directly after his shift as a dancer at the Rio in Sin City is Mr. Chippendales himself, Casey Mitchell. Welcome, Casey. How are y'all doing? <laughs> I like how you Take your lower. shirt off. Yeah. Take your shirt off. And the most interesting that, man. That costs money in Vegas. <laughs> Well, Miles is no Miles, so it's okay. 
And the most interesting man on his block in Oberlin, Ohio, is W. Miles Riley. Welcome, Miles. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I am definitely the best-looking adult male in my house in Utah. I'm Steve Cutler. Today, our Johnny guest, is a pretty good-looking kid now. He's a kid, though. I'm the best-looking adult male in our house. Uh, uh, I think he still got you beat no matter what. That's a good-looking well, boy. Johnny has the best hair. <laughs> he sure no does. about that. He has since he was a baby. Well, guys, today our guest is a man that we used to call Gear Boy uh, because he had more gear when we would go climbing than anybody. Uh, my great friend, Lyle Van Orman, uh, Van Orman, by a rough estimation. Now, this is where Lyle and I are going to debate a little bit on this. <laughs> Lyle says that he's attended somewhere in the ballpark of 400 concerts. I think it's more than that in his life. Um, uh -huh. But he does have 3,600 physical albums in his collection. That's CDs, wow. LPs, and cassettes. Lyle wow. has amassed a fairly large collection of concert memorabilia, including signed posters and set lists, guitar picks, drumsticks, and T-shirts. Lyle, yeah. do not give out your address or Miles will be moving into your basement. <laughs> <laughs> my, wife, my wife always threatens me. She said, you cross me, it's all going on eBay. Ooh, just make sure you let Lyle's know, Lyle know. Well, Miles. Miles know. That's um, way worse than me moving into your house. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you're there, you can cook. Um, right. Yeah. So tonight, guys, we're going to do it a little bit different. Uh, we are here. We're, we're talking food. We're talking concerts. We're talking music. Uh, we're just going to have a great time. Hopefully it all works out. If not, yeah, we had a great time, even if yeah. we did. So we're uh, we're excited, Lyle, to have you here. Thanks for joining us as yeah, our thanks, our guest and co-host tonight, because we're gonna we're gonna treat you like a co-host and do the roundtable with you. Right on. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, exciting, exciting to have you here. So um, let's get into uh, you know some of the questions that I wanted to to talk about it. We want to keep it pretty loose tonight for the podcast, but Lyle, you say that you've been to over 400 concerts that you can remember, which I love how you said that you can remember. Now, anybody that knows you knows that you're not going out and getting blasted. Uh, so it's not a, it's not a matter of that you are too high to remember, like maybe miles was, um, <laughs> But yeah, and uh, and you and the problem is I'm not saying there's a problem. <laughs> I'm just making a factual statement. So over 400 concerts, I in my head, I thought you had done way more than that uh, because I've known you for I don't know how long. But after all of those concerts, there's got to be one or two that stand out. Uh, wh what would you say are a couple of your top concerts that you've been to? <laughs> Fortunately enough, you gave me a little bit of heads up of some of these questions that you were asking. <laughs> I knew I needed to give you like three weeks in advance in order to answer this question. And by the way, listeners, if you hear us smacking, uh, we're eating food while we're talking here. So yeah, enjoy. So yeah, I mean, um, it's hard. A couple of ones that are that are very memorable for, I guess, their own unique reasons. There's, there's actually a really good music scene here in Salt Lake, and a lot of people might not know that. Um, as the bands are headed to the West Coast, uh, a lot of the time they'll either kind of go through Denver, or they'll come up through Salt Lake, or even both. 
Yeah. Um, and so there's a, there's a great club in Salt Lake called the State Room. It's it's a capacity of 300. It's an old children's theater, um, and they bring in a lot of up and coming acts before they make it big. Um, they they've been doing this for a while, so they have a lot of connections in the industry. And so one of the really exciting ones for me to see was Alabama Shakes. Mm. Um, so they've kind of come and were headlining festivals and all that kind of stuff and have now kind of parted ways and Brittany Howard's doing her own thing. But this was before they even had an album out. They, they just had a four song EP and they tore the roof off the place. It was absolutely So amazing. you saw them before they put anything out? Uh, they, they had an EP that was available that had some of the songs that ended up on the full album. Okay. okay. Um, but, but one of the things that's great about that venue is most of the time the artists will come out and like hang out and talk to you. That's cool. and if they don't come out to the lobby, then you can usually go down the alleyway. <laughs> Maybe I'm giving away too many secrets. Um, you go down the alleyway. Yeah. Don't, kind of, don't pass all the secrets along. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pat, um, is, is they're loading out their gear. And so I went down, and the stateroom's the name of the venue, and they had started making nice posters that they just give away. And so I, they had one of Alabama, and they're, they're from northern Alabama, and so I, I walked down the, the alley and I ran into Brittany as she was putting some stuff into the, uh, into the van. And I asked her if she would sign my poster and take a photo with me. And I told her how excited I was to be able to, you know, I got, got my tickets right as they went on sale and was super excited to see them. Um, and, and I was excited because my cousin was in the opening band. And I, and I mentioned that to her and she goes, oh, Johnny, man, he was killing it on guitar. And so, I mean, oh, to the point man. that she you know, paid attention, respected and knew who the opening act was. And, and, and then she took me in back into the green room um, to meet the rest of the guys in the band. And they were all now, wait, was this before crazy. you were married or after? Because we want to clarify this. If your <laughs> wife is listening to this later, that a woman pulled you into the green room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, she, so, so kind of funny. <laughs> but you didn't add, I like how you did. You dodged the question. Was this before <laughs> or after you married? No, we were married and actually Brittany okay. asked me about it. She's like, do you come? <laughs> I'm just joking. Emily, if you're listening to this, don't punch me the next time. <laughs> no, there's, there's been times when I, my, my concert nights um, double up with Emily's book club or, or whatever. And, you know, the, the ladies in the neighborhood ask her where I'm at and I'll, she'll tell them I'm at a concert. And they'd ask, well, are you worried about, you know, him straying or doing something he shouldn't? She goes, no, I've been to a concert with him. He is all eyes on the band. There might as well not be anybody else in the room. So <laughs> I love it. Okay. So Alabama shakes yeah. was a great one. What's uh, what's one more that, that really stands out to you yeah, out of the 400. I'm, I'm going to say 500. Cause I think it's more probably I'm working on I, with this, with this. I mean, at the beginning of COVID, I started to catalog. I've got a, another neighbor who's been to a ton of shows and, travels all over to see shows and he he put together an excel spreadsheet and so i kind of started to do that at the beginning of covid and then with you asking me about this i started digging up and trying to find some old shows and um there, i found a cool website and an app called concert archives with an s dot org and so you can put in and they've got strict rules on how you enter everything and then it'll actually it matches up with another website called setlist.fm and if there's a set list for the show, it'll actually pull that over and put it in your profile. So I've been working to try and go through. And then wow. it'll show like all these statistics of 
who have you seen at what venues and it, it's pretty cool so so on that on that uh what was it concert what concert archives concert archives so you can you keep track of which concerts you've been to then on that so you don't yeah. have to like create your own spreadsheet you can actually keep track you can see the set lists everything on there yeah and if you have a spreadsheet you can actually import it oh, wow. um through it through the uh, app and all that so that's i'm i'm working on building it so maybe if casey do, do you know what know, a spreadsheet a is number. sorry what's that casey do you know what a spreadsheet is <laughs> well I have one on my bed for the king bed. It spreads yes. really well. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Popcorn himself. Yeah. But so, so back to the other Orville's question. Good man. Yeah. So the distracted. second, so the second one. Uh, it, this was another one at the state room. Um, Charles Bradley, the screaming Eagle of soul. Okay. So this, I don't know. He him. was a former James Brown impersonator. And was discovered at age, I believe, 63 by the guys that did Daptone Records. Um, so Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings, a lot of those same guys ended up playing in Charles' band. And he was a huge personality on stage, just his presence. And um, he lived a really hard life. But, I mean, he had cool outfits. He comes out into the crowd, hugs all the concert go, I mean, almost every single buddy, every single person that was in the crowd um, and then getting a chance to, to hang out and talk to him after the show. And at one point he lived in Utah, actually worked for Job Corps and oh, wow. an amazing guy. And so unfortunately died a handful of years ago. I saw him twice at the stateroom. Um, and then he was supposed to come with Kamashi Washington, a great um, saxophone jazz guy that Miles might have heard of. Um but uh, was was too sick with cancer and so didn't make that show. Well, see, what's great about talking, so you and I do this on a regular basis where we'll go out, we'll have dinner about once a month, minus yeah. COVID, right? But um, we'll, we'll connect, we'll talk, and you'll rattle off all these names. And I make a list or I tell you to send me a list afterwards. And now as we're sitting on the podcast, Miles is over here nodding when you're saying these people's names. Uh, this is part of why I wanted to get all of us together because Miles has that music background. Casey and I are here just for the food and the popcorn. But uh, uh, that's that's really cool. So what was it about those two concerts that stood out to you more than all of the other four or 500 that you've been to? I mean, to me, again, with the stateroom, um, it was the chance to get to to meet these artists that were that you knew were going to be huge and I huge in my eyes I guess I mean obviously still sometimes I say these bands and people like who the crap are you talking about yeah. but I mean yeah Alabama Shakes went on I mean they headlined I think Bonnaroo and I mean they they, they headlined they um one of the singles off that album their their first album Boys and Girls was actually Rolling Stone's song of the year the year that it came out Rolling Stone magazine and so but they just had that sound and I knew they were going to be huge and, and they were so humble and so approachable I mean like I said I I hung out and talked with Brittany for 15 20 minutes as she's riding around on a razor scooter having a cigarette and <laughs> and <laughs> just That's talking nice. about music and and the chance to meet um band like my wife and I she every every once in a while she'll come to a show with me we saw um, the Civil Wars that were there, kind of an acoustic duo that were buddies with Taylor Swift and won some Grammys and stuff like that. 
but we had a chance to see him. And, and I mentioned that because, like I said, Brittany asked me, you know, do you, did your wife come? Are you married? Um, and, and I said, yeah, we got to see um, Civil Wars. And she's, oh, John Paul, I love him. And so he's, he's <laughs> another guy from North Alabama. So the music community down there is pretty tight and kind of uh, ancestral at, at times um, between the bands. And, and so just just how humble she was and, and talking about going to other shows and seeing the Black Keys and meeting those guys. And, you know, before they- Speaking of uh, that Northern Alabama, Lyle, have you been to Fort Payne, Alabama, to the June Jam? I have not. Hmm. I have not. What's a June Jam? So the, the group Alabama, they're from Fort, most of them are from Fort Payne, Alabama. Okay. And in, the, in June, they do uh, almost a month long uh, concerts almost every night. And they, wow. and they, they give most of the money, if not all of the proceeds, to the city of Fort Payne, which is a really small, beautiful little city town, nestled down. You you like drive down into this, the bottom of this like canyon thing, and uh, it's a, it's beautiful down there. And they do a this concert series. I don't know if they're still doing it. I mean, this is a long time ago that I knew about it, and I've actually been to Fort Payne, Alabama, and but it, but they that group Alabama really tries to give back to that community so like their parks and everything are just immaculate with all the money they've made over the years on that deal so now that's that's bucket list to someday get down go to yeah. Shoals, um where all those great albums were recorded you know rolling stones aretha franklin paul simon oh, yeah. Yeah. hundreds and hundreds of albums and, and the nashville i actually haven't ever been to nashville but, but one of these days yeah that is the one thing, even though you and I have known each other for so long, I'm, I'm still surprised that you've never been to Nashville. Yeah, it is interesting. We yeah. should all take huh. a trip there. That Miles, you're about as quiet as I've ever seen you when we're talking music. Well, because I'm, I'm, I'm listening to a guy who's just gone to so many concerts and I'm just taking him in because you know, I'm sitting here thinking um, I literally have been to probably the same number of concerts, but it's all jazz. Mm. Okay. So, you know, the, the, the summer times in New York City are amazing because the summer times in New York, there are so many free concerts to go yeah. to. And then I, I worked in a place. You're talking about like we, outdoor concerts or these indoor? Out, what are they? Outdoor. Out, yeah. outdoor and indoor. They're just okay. free all through, all through the summer. Wow. And, you know, I'm 62 years old. So you think about, you know, how many summers of just going to music venues. It's a lot of summers. Listen, yeah. How, how, many, and, how many years did you live in New York before you moved to Salt Lake? Uh, so I moved to Salt Lake when I was, let me see, 53. Oh. Okay. So I had been in New York um, for approximately 53 years. I mean, there were two years that I lived in L.A., and a couple of times a year of living in Philadelphia. But New York City, and I worked at a place where it was, uh, it was called Jazz at the Public. So anybody who was anybody and all of the players coming up came through that venue. And so I witnessed a lot of people coming through who were just getting their teeth cut in the music and the jazz industry in New York City. So the reason why I'm quiet is because I'm I'm deferring to a man who's been to just as many concerts, but a whole nother genre of music. So I'm just kind of fascinated listening. You know, that's 
That, that's why I'm quiet, Steve. Just yeah. let me have my quietness, all right? <laughs> I thought it was because you just opened up your Snoop Dogg wine. Do you want to talk? So let's let's go to the let's talk wine. You're opening up Snoop Dogg wine. Is it what's it called? It's got Snoop Dogg on the bottle. So it's part of the 19 crimes. You know, the 19 crimes, they have a bunch of different wines. Okay. Never heard of it. And I was in a store the other day, and normally it runs about 20 bucks, but they had it on special for $12. And I said, you know what? I've had so much bad wine in my life. What's another one? <laughs> so I bought it and I, I love I love that uh, that idea of just resignation. I've had so much shit in my life. Eh, what's another pile of shit? Yeah. <laughs> and, and the cool That's thing about great. that attitude is sometimes you just get pleasantly surprised. <laughs> there you go. And I was pleasantly surprised at how good this wine is. It's full body. It has very little tannins. And I and then I took out like some really expensive cheese I had. And last night I was an alcoholic. Oh my God. And I'm starting again right now. So what's it what's the name of the wine? It's called 19 Crimes Cali Red. Cali Red. And it's got Snoop Dogg on there. And, and then and what are you eating tonight? So we talked about that, that we were all going to get together Bring some food, eat, have a great time. Talk about music. Talk about uh, concerts. What do you, what what's on your plate tonight, Miles? So as as we talked earlier, I've been pretty much trying to stick to this diet that um, I've been doing this research on. If you have asthma, these are things you should avoid, and these are things that you should eat. And so I've been pretty good about that. Um, the last couple of days, I fell off the horse. But then Tiago, you know, when you have a kid, a kid just makes you revert back to anything that's just nasty and dangerous. So tonight. <laughs> well, disruption in your home there, uh, Miles. Yeah, there exactly. So Tiago tonight was, Dad, I want sloppy Joe's. So I said, okay, I'll make that's you sloppy Joe's. And so I made him sloppy Joe's. I made my salad. I ate everything. And then. Just before get I got them all, they're extra sloppy. Yeah, get some sloppy Joe's left <laughs> over. I'm gonna sloppy, sloppy Joe. <laughs> now that's great music, right? Adam Sandler, sloppy oh, yeah. Joe. Sloppy, sloppy wait, Joe. Wait. Okay, here all right, go. keep going, keep going, keep going. Wait, no, here we go. I want right. to, I want to turn this back to music, and I want to make this is good. This is the the deep part of the program because I've been rolling around with this stuff in my head for years and I've always wanted to throw it out to a bunch of people so that we could talk about the breadth and scope of what makes music so phenomenal. So in music, there are only 12 tones. So if you're, if you're not a music person, I want you to grasp this. There are only 12 tones in music. Okay, now think of the history of music. Let's go back to the 1600s and think about Sounds all of like the music. School. Think of all of the music that was played, all of the Casey's different music. Having flashbacks. And then you come up to say, let's go now with all the genres of rock, hip hop, reggae, jazz, classical, all this music that sounds different is based on 12 tones. Mm. Preach, okay. brother, preach. 
So the question is, what makes music different if it's only 12 tones and we have this wild fucking variety of music based on 12 notes? That's a Anybody. great question. That's a great question because when you when you break that down, you're talking about multiple genres, everything from classical right. to rock to rap, reggae. Right. Um, I mean, when you jazz. got when you go into classical, you've got baroque, you've got impressionist, you know, all of that stuff, and it's everything. There's no thirteen notes. There's no fourteen notes. There's only twelve notes and when you think about it what's phenomenal about that is what makes it different is human emotion yep. because emotion is what drives the notes but and i've been dying so that's the thing been, there is and that's my question is there's emotion to it right lyle's talking about his concert experience and there's an emotion uh -huh. that's tied to that with meeting people there's an interactiveness I think you feel connected to music and you feel connected to bands um, because of emotion. that music. Yeah. It's the emotion. Yeah. It's the emotion that pulls you in. I, I, I remember um, a few years ago uh, I got back on to uh, stings, the dream of the blue turtles, which uh -huh. I think is his best album. And I would put that on the record player and I would just go and go and go. And I would listen to that over and over and over again. When it was done on one side, I'd flip it, turn the record over and just keep going. And I remember one night waking up or not waking up. I mean, kind of coming to that. It was like two or three in the morning. And I'd been listening for hours, just immersed in that music. Yeah. So what is it? What yeah. is it about music that gets us so caught up well, emo so emotions, emotions emotions tied to thoughts and and experiences and yeah yeah and and life uh ups and downs and ins and outs and when when the when a song or a note or something resonates with you you like you just said steve you become immersed in it and it it takes you somewhere good or bad to that emotion that experience um, you know, any time, any time I hear that uh, music, like I call it the Rocky Anthem music. I'm I'm uh, I'm 11 years old in my parents' basement. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and it's just the way it is every time. There's and I the, think um, that's why we love it. Do you guys know David Goggins? Anybody yeah, familiar yeah. with? Oh yeah. Okay. Right. So there's a video of Goggins talking about when he broke the record for pull-ups. He listened to the Rocky theme song for 17 hours Seven, straight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. I remember reading that in his book. Yeah, he talked about yeah. his bloody hands. Yeah. And the gloves that he had to wear, and he just yep. he kept going and going on that. Seventeen yep. hours. I think the the beauty of music is, even even, ironically, or I should say paradoxically, even with the words, music speaks to us in a nonverbal way. 
It's almost as if you exhaust your language in terms of words, but there's still a tremendous amount of things to express beyond language and music or well, all art fills that gap, but music more so because music is alive. Those yeah. vibrations, they get in your body. When you look at you know, how we hear and the vibrations of sound that come through the air when a piano is touched, a guitar string is plucked, a, 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 a horn player blows into this piece of inanimate metal and the sound comes out and it touches your heart and your spirit. So it's all this emotion that really captures what you can't say verbally. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you see a, a small, a, almost an infant child and they, and they hear, a, they hear music and, and some, some of it will go in one ear and out the other. And some of it, that, that little baby just has to start. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know. They don't know what they're hearing. They don't know what it means. But yeah, man, they're, mo they're moving. They're moving, baby. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and it's it is something inside of you. There's you've got that from being a baby, but then you also it doesn't matter what age you are. Um, Lyle, what was it? Uh, four or five years ago, we went to that concert down in Vegas. Yeah. What was the name of that? Uh, Rockabilly shoot, or something like that. Yeah, it's it's a big show that they do in Vegas. It's a car show that kind of focuses around rockabilly, and they and they bring you know they do pinup girls and and so yeah, it was. Oh, I can't remember now, but yeah, I mean it was the Stray Cats the first time yeah. together in ten yeah. years. Jerry, Jerry Lee Lewis. Lewis. Um, or and, or uh, and after Eddie. we saw him, it looked like the ghost of Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> he's still rocking though. Yeah, yeah. I got to tell you the story. So like we, Lyle, Lyle uh, hits us up and says, Hey, we got a, we got an opportunity. We can go to Vegas and see stray cats back together. We can see Jerry Lee Lewis and uh, our other friend, Mark uh, texts back and said, he's still alive. And Lyle goes, yeah, I, I didn't know he was either. So we get down there, we go to this concert. It's fascinating to go in there and watch all these people. Um, half of them are like twice our age. Um, and they're still rocking. I mean, they're still having yeah. a great time. Jerry Lee Lewis looked yeah. like a ghost on stage. He was jamming. And then at a certain point uh, during one of the songs, he just stopped and he looks and he goes, well, I couldn't remember where that song was supposed to end. So that sounded like a best, uh, best part of any <laughs> place to stop. So I'm stopping right here. And then at a certain point, you could tell he just got tired and he just stood up right. from the piano and walked off. But I, you know, music hits infants, it hits adults. It I, We're standing there in this place and there are people rocking and going, going to town, having a great time that are twice our age. And they're moving like you would see a little baby moving yeah. uh, to the music. So it, it, there is something about it that speaks to the soul. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, is that your body gets old but your spirit doesn't get old. No. Your spirit doesn't age. Your spirit gets wiser, but a spirit doesn't get old. And when something resonates with your spirit, you know, regardless of what your physical condition is, you feel an urge to move or you just, it, it, as they say in those churches, you just feel the spirit. Yep. And that's yeah. what music does. It's so, it's, 
And, and I always think, you know, when I was working at Lifetime, it was really interesting because I used to walk around and try to find a way not to interrupt people's workouts. But I would always ask them, like, what are you listening to? Because that's like people to me, music is like your personal religion. Mm. Because without any external forces, as you get older, you get to pick and choose what you want on your iPod or iPad, and you load up all those songs that move you in a particular way. And that's your personal, personal religion. And some of the things I used to hear just to blow my mind with people who had a particular look. And then, and then all of a sudden you, you know, you would think like, oh, he or she is listening to that. And then I would go, can, what are you uh -oh. listening to? I would never think that about you. <laughs> yeah. But it's funny. So uh, I actually had that same experience where I was on the receiving end of it. I was talking to Presley one day and he uh -huh. said, hey, what are, you, what are you listening to when you work out? Yeah. And I listed off a few things. And I think at the time on my playlist that I was listening to for uh, for my workouts, I had the RZA, the Jizza, I had yeah, um, uh, had Jedi Mind <laughs> Tricks. I had a you know a wide variety of uh, old school hip hop, uh, some rap, some beasties. And he just looks at me. Yeah, there's this guy towering over me, and he looks at me, and I know what he's thinking. He's like. You're the whitest guy that I know with the wears a suit every day. And you're listening to what? Right. He just and he said he he said almost that same thing, but he goes, I would have never expected that. So let me just tell a really quick one. So yeah, there's one night I, I might have been two two years. See Miles so giddy. I, I, I might have been two years into Salt Lake and and um actually no, no, it was longer because I had gone through the divorce and I was there alone. And it was one night I'm driving around and I need gas and I'm playing that song. I told, showed you, Steve, it's called Del Fail's Dilemma, yeah. upbeat jazz. And it's a beautiful summer night. I got the windows down and I am blasting jazz. And I pull up into the gas station and this truck pulls up and he's getting gas. He gets out. He's got a beard. He looks like the classic redneck. It was one of those things that, you know, I always used to worry about, like, I'm out here in Salt Lake all alone. What's going on? He gets out, and I'm looking at him, and he comes over. He's starting to walk towards me. And I'm like, okay, here we go. And he walks up, and he goes, my man, what are you listening to? Because that really sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the experience. If you're a black guy in Salt Lake City, that's the experience you don't want to have of some white yeah, he had, you know, he had clocking right up he, to you, right? He had the classic pickup, the beard, yeah. and the way he got out. You know, he yeah. had on some fatigues. Yeah. But, you know, it was just such a great paradigm shift where it just let me know that, holy shit, I can't judge anybody. I gotta leave everybody alone, but he 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 listened to the music, and he said, "What is that?" And I you know I told him what it was, and I wrote down the the, the album, and I said, "Yeah," and he said, "Yo, thank you, man." And we walked away, and I just it was, it was you ever get kicked in your nuts, and then it goes away, and you feel like you got a new <laughs> lease on life. <laughs> okay, so I got I got two questions then. So question number one, Miles, we've already talked to you about your food. Um, and then we went we went off on some music. So I want to hear from Casey and Maya or Casey and Lyle what they're eating tonight. Uh, but then I my ate. second question, yeah, probably eight 
Casey's on his fifth meal now. Yeah. My second question is, is going to be, what is a, what's a band or a genre that you listen to that most people wouldn't expect? So Casey, let's start with the food. What do you, what did you eat tonight? Um, And just limit to the first five meals that you had tonight while we started. First five. Well, the, uh, okay, so I can't go. You're over on your seven, movie popcorn now. I can't go over the, over the 17 appetizers I had. Um, <laughs> no. I had a, a homemade uh, turkey chili with um, some avocado and topped with a little bit of cheese and sour cream. That's perfect. That's perfect. Now yeah. I'm gonna ask a question, even though I already know the answer. I'm assuming Holly made it, right? Absolutely. Okay. She, Lyle, she knows. She Lyle knows her makes place. great chili, so we got to get Holly and Lyle together on the uh, on the chili cook-off. Lyle makes some amazing. Chili. And I'm and uh, drinking a few really strong, extra strong sparkling waters from Lacroix. So my my wife, whenever we see Lacroix, she said she's got really bad eyesight, and she calls Lacroix Leroy. Um, so she's like, "Hey, will you go out to the uh, go out to the garage and get me a Leroy? Because we keep them out there to keep them cold." <laughs> so you're drinking a Leroy. You had the chili, and you're eating popcorn. Yeah. Let me just say, I would not want to be Holly later tonight once that chili and popcorn kicks Boy, in. The Ooh. bed will be warm. Yeah. The bed will be warm. and many other things. <laughs> Lyle, what 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 did you? Well, or she's, what are you she's had tonight? the same thing. It's just love. Well, hold on, I I gotta answer the the. Are we doing the food? Yeah, no, we'll come back. We'll come back to the other one. Question. All right, all right. Go ahead, Lyle. We'll do food after dinner. Food okay. and okay. then music. So what what did you right. what did you bring to the table? So I did some carnitas. Oh, uh, I love your carnitas. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so I I didn't do it like the uh the the true like Rick Bayless Mexican style. Uh, more like a confit, like you would do French, where you cook it in the fat wow. and all that stuff. I do it in the pressure yeah. cooker, um, and then uh, some some black beans, and then um, some some uh, sauerkraut actually. Okay. okay. Like carnitas platter is my favorite Mexican thing. Is carnitas platter. Well, Casey, one of the times that you're back in Utah, we all got to get together because Lyle makes amazing carnitas. Yeah. He is a great, great. That's player. awesome. I love it. That's awesome. Oh, but the black beans and sauerkraut, you got me. That's kind of like a jazz thing you got going on there. <laughs> yeah, like you're improvising. Black music. Right? Food and music always goes together. And you gotta have certain food with certain music. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, I went I went all out putting avocado on my chili. That was a that was an extra step. It's probably the healthiest thing you've had all week, huh? <laughs> I see that. That's what when, when you said that. That's why I said, "Oh, way to go!" Because I see that a lot. People drop a few slices of avocado and sour cream in their chili. Yeah, and it's That's amazing. So good. It's amazing. It yeah, there's amazing. something about it that balances the flavor out really well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I Which, well, guys, I went I went pretty simple tonight. Um, I say simple. It's a simple meal, but um, we did a. Uh, uh chicken the other night it was a roasted chicken with all these spices and everything on it and it it turned out great i took the leftovers of that warmed it up and i put it in a bowl with some tomato soup that is one of my favorite comfort foods it's just a roasted chicken with all the spices you throw some salt some malden salt in it 
um, with a uh, tomato basil soup. There, there's and, more than one salt. Yeah, I'm telling <laughs> you, if you don't own Malden, M-A-L-D-O-N, you've got to get it. It's these flake salts. It comes from, it's a, it's an English salt. I read about it probably, a, I don't know, a decade ago in the Wall Street Journal where they had done a biopic on, on this um, chef. And he said that this is the salt that all the chefs use. I bought it and I've been hooked. And huh. um, you know you know how kids are picky with food, yeah. right? So I buy this salt and I'm geeking out over it um, because I love to cook and play with food. And my kids are like, oh, great salt, great salt. So like you, Casey, I thought I'm going to make popcorn and see what we, you know, what the kids think of this. So I made the popcorn, put the butter on it. And instead of the regular salt, I threw the Malden salt on it. And Johnny, it goes crazy. I mean, he's freaking out. He's like, this is the best popcorn you've ever made. I said, it's the Malden salt. <laughs> so that kid got hooked on Malden after that. M-A-L-D-O-N. D-O-N. Yeah. Comes in a box. Um, it's, it, it's great. The other thing I would get is they've got a smoky flavor that works really well with, uh, with a lot of foods, <laughs> balances it out. Okay. So let's go to the next question. So what is something that, uh, you listen to that maybe if somebody were to see you, they know you, they've known you for a while, maybe they know you in business or whatever, um, that they wouldn't guess is on your playlist for me. Uh, my, let's start miles and we'll go miles. Down the miles. How about you? Um, I don't know that anybody so, would not guess because the only thing I would guess anything for you, like I would guess well, even I, German uh, house music that you'd probably listen to that. Well, you know, it, it, I listen to everything. Like yeah. I told you what I do. Like I have this process of going on YouTube and I'll put in like, you know, the music from, Turkmenistan and see what they're listening to. Right. But what people might not expect. Did you say Turkmenistan? Turkmenistan. Is that an actual country? It's not country? a person. That's not a person. Yeah, it's a country. It's <laughs> out there, you know, there's, there's Pakistan, Iran, is, Turkmenistan, is Uzbekistan. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. literally right up in there. All right. Part of the but Stan just family. A, you know, like some. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll open up a, a one of those Atlas books and find a country and then go on YouTube and put, you know, the music of whatever particular country to hear what the what they're listening to. And That's sometimes awesome. I get great ideas. Um, and then sometimes I just fall in love with the music. But it's not often, but it's just as this exercise to kind of get an idea of what the hell's going on around the world. But um, you, you know, the, what is that genre of movie they call chick flicks? Yeah, yeah. If you think of chick music, I, I really love that stuff. Like, remember that movie, that really stupid movie, White Chicks? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, remember he's singing Say that, that song? Say that again, Lyle. Wait, no, what was that? Was it the Wayans Brothers or something in that? Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. So, so the, the, the big guy that was in there, he was singing that song. They were singing that song. I forgot. It's by... Um, not Alanis Morissette, who I love Alanis Morissette. Yeah. And anybody would look at me, with, if I had my headphones on, they'd go like, there's no way this cat's listening to Alanis Morissette. Mm, I could see that. But I, I, okay. I think she's brilliant. She is. I, yeah, she's brilliant. She's a brilliant musician. She stepped outside of the traditional music 
Oh, um, she's from Canada. To, yeah, to make her own, really? uh, have her, her own label. Okay. Um, I love people like that. Like, I love those kind of upbeat chick, you know. You know what? I don't know if you remember one of, one of, one of my jokes I used to always make in Utah, when, especially at the cafe, because they had all those young girls working at the cafe that was 17 and 18. And I used to say to them all the time, Oh man, I remember when I was a young white woman. Those were the days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, Casey, let's go to you. What what's something that uh, is on your playlist that you listen to that maybe uh, people would not guess if they knew Socialist you were just by looking? <laughs> Socialist rap. There you go. Uh, I don't even the, know what the, the heck that is. The album's be. called Government Cheese. On the socialist rap. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've got I've got a few things that I, I right now in my life the people who've known me for a long time probably I think I'd fool them a little bit. I listened to a podcast the other day and they had a singer on there. His name is Nathan Pacheco, and he's a, a opera singer. They also. Mm. He also sings, uh, he's does, he's cut some of his own albums of some spiritual music and he goes through all different, um, classical, spiritual, you know, Southern Ooh, for me, like up, Southern spiritual up. and Lyle, do you know this guy? Yeah, I know of him. I don't, I'm not. Okay. I was going to yeah, say he's, and, he's Brazilian. I know you speak Portuguese, so he's a Brazilian origin. Yeah, American he is. Tenor, it says, yeah. Yeah, okay. and and his song I, I love. I find myself going to a lot on my uh, playlist on Spotify is "All My Hope." That's mm. just a great, great. It's a every my it's a it's a very Southern Christian song, and and I, you know, my my father's side is from the South, and ser- I lived and served my mission in the South, but I also lived in the South. My first child was born in Arkansas, and so I I love the South. I just love the South. I love the mm. culture, the music things like that. So that's really cool. And I don't think people would think I would even know who Nathan Pacheco is. Yeah. Very um, cool. And then uh, I, I, I mentioned this earlier in another podcast when we talked a little bit about music, but I've always loved jazz music and hearing uh, miles, especially miles talk about it. I really went into some searching and, and, and listening and, and I've mentioned this before, but I, I have just fallen in love with Jimmy Smith and, and uh, yeah. that that jazz organ, I just yeah. I, I played in my office, and people walk it, they walk in my office, and they'll be like, "What are you listening to?" And I'm like, "This is Jimmy Smith, man! Don't you know? Don't you know?" And uh, I love it. And uh, I love that Midnight Special song. I I find myself turning that one on a lot. Um, and then I uh, the other the last one I it is rap, and it's because I you know I uh, I, I I like all genres and that I, I mentioned before too is that NF and I think it stands for his name, Nate something. I don't know what his last name is, but. Oh yeah. That's the guy you talked about on our first episode where you're talking yeah, about yeah. He's a pretty clean rapper. Yeah. Very, yeah. I really like him. I like, uh, he's, he, he kind of has that same attitude as like Alanis Morissette. Like I'm going to do my own thing and I'm going to make it work and I'm not going to yeah. compromise my anything. And, uh, his songs that I really like is called thinking and uh it's, it's those are my top three that th- three different genres and, and, and very different but i i go to those are my go-tos right now yeah. cool lyle how about you if somebody didn't 
So let's say they know you at work. They know they obviously everybody that knows you knows that you are a music guy. But what is something that you listen to that somebody might be surprised by? I don't know. That's, I've been sitting in my basement, and since the listeners can't see uh, most of my albums, <laughs> the massive the wall room. of CDs that surround you, and the <laughs> albums that are right behind you. Well, I, that's I. And again, it's it's you go up to them, and you I want to be able to scan and then through them and look at them. I mean, I, I yeah. I'm a Luddite. I, I, this, all this electronic stuff I struggle with. I like to have the physicality of it and being able mm. to look at it and pick it out versus yeah. like scrolling through a million songs on Amazon or, or whatever. There is um, something about that. I'm, I'm the same way with my record collection. Like I, I've got a huge list of songs that are on my iPhone, but there is nothing better than walking up and no. pulling out. I've got a record. I've got the band's greatest hits um that i bought back at a store called the record collector in salt lake city yep, uh back when we were in that. high school i think lyle you and i went there together and um i mean it's original printing it is uh, and and there was just something about the tactile nature of that that makes it sound so much better well there's that i mean to me it's it's the liner notes and being able to connect which musicians played with who and yeah know, and you put it away for a while or eh, I, don't, I don't almost ever get rid of albums. And so then you go back and you realize, holy crap, this bass player from the Heartless Bastards also played with Craig Finn from the Hold Steady. And he played with the guys from My Morning Jacket on another side project and Spanish Gold. And you just start to see, you know, who's connected to who. And, and so, um, but back to the original question, um, I don't know. That's a tough question. I mean, I think people know that I like music. I, I, I realize that I'm, I kind of pigeonhole myself with more specific. And, and like we were talking uh, before we started, I, I have another group of buddies that we get together on a regular basis and have a topic. And yeah. we all come with our top 10 list or, or whatever, best bass lines or soul changing song, you know, life changing um, um, songs and be able to talk about that kind of stuff. And we've realized we have a tendency to circle back to a lot of the same bands as mm. much as we mm. want to try and branch out. Um, I, I, I recognize that too. That's true. Yeah. 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 yeah I recognize and, that. And we started talking about, you know, is there, does it imprint on you? You know, you have a tendency to high school that some of the formidable years, it, it feels like it's a lot of stuff we discovered kind of in high school that we have a tendency to go back to. Yeah. Or, that's a good point. You know, back to those that is a great memorable point. Yeah life experiences and the relationship that the music had during those times. And well, you think about that. I mean, in high school, there were a lot of firsts in life, right? Right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there's, there's first, you're maybe like you're, you're the first time you dated this person, the first time you kissed that person, the first time you experienced whatever it was, there's a lot of firsts <laughs> that happened. I just stop there. Just stop there. Look at I you. Figured, I figured you'd take it a step further. <laughs> but there's music that goes to that. And I remember, um, you know, I mean, you think about like yeah. a seminal uh, movie that we had growing up with The Breakfast Club and oh, yeah. um, some of the music that came out of that, because you could relate to it. There's there's a lot of firsts. Yeah. And with the first, there's there's a novelty to it. And the music gets tied to that. So it, I think yeah. it does imprint on you. Yeah. But no, wait, here's, here's yeah. the thing, Mile or, or Lyle. I would say 
I would be surprised if you told me that you ever listened to any type of show tunes or Disney or anything like that. Only because I have a wife and kids. <laughs> <laughs> now, my wife loves show tunes. We, we diverge on our musical tastes. I mean, the other day, she, I, I, I used to go quite a bit to a local record store and buy music, Grey Whale. Um, and, you know, she, she bothered, she, she said something to me about how I never asked what kind of music she likes or if she would want me to get something there. And she asked for some Michael Bolton and oh. I have, Oh boy. Sorry. I about served the papers. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, he's a talented guy. I'll I mean, serve he, him for you. Emily albums, so Lyle something. is divorcing you. If you want to listen to Michael Bolton, I am sorry. I am. I am divorcing you. If you want to listen to Michael <laughs> Bolton, we are not friends anymore. <laughs> but no, she was, I mean, she did choir in high, in high school and all that stuff. And so show tunes are big and my kids, yeah, yeah. well, it was, it was funny. I was just talking to my daughter before I came downstairs and, and she says, dad, I had a history test today and we were talking about stuff from Hamilton and it was awesome because I knew all the songs and it helped me answer a bunch <laughs> of the questions. Plus the class also helped me realize what's wrong in the musical historically. Oh, cool. So but yeah, show tunes, show tunes is not something I love. I'm not a huge rap person. So I mean, okay. I somebody, yeah. like early rap, um, Run DMC, Public Enemy, you know, yeah. Beastie Boys, some of that stuff. The Fat Boys, of course. Fat Boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, I, I'll say, you know. Born into gangster rap. Down from no, Utah never, gangster rap. Never really appealed <laughs> Utah to gangster rap. Is that a genre? Cruising down the street in my 6'4". <laughs> you know, I Driving had a, past the I temple had a, on Fourth South. I, I, I had a I had a client, I had a client in Utah who was really a strict Mormon, um, but him and I we got along really well, real strict. And I used to call him the gangster Mormon, and he loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, so and that's so you talk about the gangster and you talk about rap. So that's one of the things I think that, uh, you know, for a lot of years, I've been a buttoned up guy wearing a suit. And so it surprises people when they hear that I like a lot of different types of rap. You know, I love yeah. Wu-Tang. I love uh, the Jizza. I love um, I well, and I got hooked years ago. Uh, a friend of my wife and I, uh, there was a she she's really connected into a lot of different uh bands uh this guy that she dated he was uh he was a manager of different people and one day she's in in uh, california and he says hey we're gonna go to my friend dave's birthday party and she goes i don't want to go to a birthday party she goes nah he says look I, we just got to go there it'll be fine we won't stay very long we'll go well, they show up. His friend Dave is Dave Chappelle. She looks at him, punches him in the shoulder. She's like, you didn't tell me it's Dave Chappelle. So anyway, she's connected with a lot of people. She gets us into this concert of a guy named Dell, D-E-L, the funky homo, homo sapien. sapien. Yeah, yeah. And man, I fell in love with his music. But the guy that opened for him was a DJ named Mike Realm. And... um. I had never heard of either one of them before, but after that, I downloaded a bunch of their stuff and I've been hooked on Mike Realm and Dell the Funky Homo Sapien ever since. And I think a lot of people looking at me would say, uh, would, would be surprised by that. Um, so let, let's go back. We talked resonance earlier and we talked about how music 
resonates with you. And we talked about the imprinting. And I know for me, there are certain music that I go back to. I mentioned earlier that um, a few months ago, I, I just almost wore out the pin or the needle on my record player uh, listening to Sting's Dream of the Blue Turtles. But what is it? Uh, is there a band? Is there an album? Is there an artist that you guys always go back to? Maybe it takes you a few years. Maybe it takes you a few months. But that you get back to because of something, some sort of emotional response. Who Who is that for you? Who's the band? Who's the artist? Or what's the album? Miles, let's start with you. Well, real, real fast, let me digress just yeah, a moment, real fast. The, the tricky thing, and, and this basically speaks of my relationship to rap. And the reason why I say that, because I'm older than rap, and we used to go up into the Bronx in New York City when rap was just forming. It wasn't even called rap. Guys would just grab a microphone and start talking. It hadn't been codified as rap and, and and so you and like I that. talked about this before, and and this is one. Yeah. So I'm I'm not one to look back on life and say I regret certain things, uh -huh. um, but I'm jealous of certain things. And this is one. I remember one day you and I were chatting about this, and I got to tell you, I'm completely jealous of the fact that you were right there when rap right. was being created. You right. were in yeah. New York. You saw the beginnings of it. I mean, before Run DMC, before any of these guys were out, you were right. there. You grew up right. in Harlem. 19... You're going to Brooklyn. You're going to all these places. You're hearing all this stuff. I, I still, to this day, I am jealous of that. So I grew we... as a white ahead, Mormon kid in Utah that had no experience anywhere close to that. And right. I'm super jealous of the fact that you were right there before when rap was being created. So Isn't it? They, keep, you know, keep going. I... The irony is, like, you're this white super Mormon, ex-super Mormon kid, and I'm doing this thing that you're, like, jealous of, and I fucking end up in Salt Lake City. <laughs> <laughs> but we used to go up there and watch the beginning of rap, and it was basically these block parties, and people would just grab the mic and start talking. Like I said, there was, there was nothing codified about it, and I watched it, and then I watched all of the different manifestations of rap. And I have, a, I have a problem with rap, like the, 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 the negativity, the misogyny. Yeah, yeah, I have, yeah, I have a general you. problem with it. But at the same time, I'm also to look, I, I have this ability to look at music as metaphor. You know, it's like, it's like looking at um, a Charles Bronson movie or a Clint Eastwood movie. Yeah. You know, to, those you are just- You past it. They're, 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 you know, these revenge movies, you know, the guy is yeah. dishonored and he goes yeah. out and, you know, I, I, I can't do that. I right. can't do that. So I could look at rap as a metaphor for a certain type of power at the same time while I criticize it for what it espouses. Yeah. So there's yeah. this kind of like this split where I'm with you, you know, there like, too. I, and, and that's one of the things I love about like when the beasties, um, you know, uh, put out the album and there's a, there's a line in there that uh, in one of the songs, it says the disrespect of women has got to be through to all the mothers and the wives and the sisters and friends. I want to offer my love and respect to the end. And I think that when they, when they wrapped that, that was, I, I thought, wow, that's, that's powerful. Yeah. That was back because, on Check Your Head. Yeah. That was the yeah. third album. 
Yeah. yeah. And, and it was, it was a clear message uh-huh. to everybody in rap that, Hey, this has got to be done. We can't do this. We can't have this misogynistic. That's right. not, that's not who we are. So I'm with you on that. Yep. But, but again, and, I agree with you on and, that, on, on being able to see through what some of that is. And I'll go back to the album I go to, but here's, here's a really touchy, 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 touchy issue about rap. So these rappers come out and they make this music and it's public music. And, you know, they get on there and they're saying the word nigga all the time and this and that. And then black people get upset when white people sing the song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like you can you can you cannot get upset when these guys put the music out. It's for the public. White people come along, these white kids, they love the music. So they're singing the lyrics. They're not gonna stop just because you get to that word and go, oh, I shouldn't say that word. That's part of the song. You can't yeah. get upset at that. And there's a famous yeah. there's a okay. famous scene in, in, in white chicks where the girls are in the car and they're playing this song. So they get to the word nigger and the way his brothers look at the girls and go, there's nobody looking. In terms of political correct society, this is where one of the places I verge on and pisses me off when black people get upset when white people are singing a song that's from a hip hop artist and they say the word and then they get all upset like, you're not supposed to say that word. To me, fuck that. The word is out there. It's being played. (laughs) You can't stop that. That really bugs me. Now, to answer your question, I've been listening to Kind of Blue, you know this, for probably 40 years. Yeah, That one in a... Kind of blue by uh, Miles, Miles Davis. Davis is kind of blue. It's a classic, yeah. classic. And case if you ever want to just chill and relax, put it on. And then the other one is um Brandon. It's the and best Wimps. album out there. Yeah. And it's I, uh to, the, to just relax too. Yeah. The one I told you about Black Codes from the Underground with Branford oh, and Whit yeah. Marsalis. Yep. I, I just I've been re- you know that that album came out in 1986. And still, like I get in my car. I put it on and I drive around Oberlin with the blasting. Um, and I, I think this music, as, as you change, you find new things in the music that you like. Yeah. You know, yeah. a rhythm when you were 20, a rhythm that escaped you all of a sudden hits you when you're 40. And you're like, wow, I've been listening to this song for 20 years and I really didn't pay attention to that rhythm and really great music forces you to come back and hear new things so it's it never gets old that's awesome i i agree 100 percent. because as we grow we see the layers and the depth casey how about you what's something that you keep coming back to Uh, a band an artist an album uh what is it for you just kind of like globally over time or just yeah. What's my yeah? What's what's the thing that uh, you find yourself coming back to? What's the what's the music? What's the band? What's the album? What do you what do you come back to uh, in those moments? Uh, I I find myself in those moments when it's just like okay, I just need to sit and just 
just not think or whatever and just do, do, do that kind of thing. I Miles is choking on his food. You okay, Miles? Snoop Dogg. You're right. Snoop okay. Dogg's yeah. got him. Snoop Dogg. Um, Murder was I, uh, the case that they gave him. <laughs> I uh, I really enjoy Led Zeppelin. Really oh yeah, enjoy Led Zeppelin. Okay. And, I can see I, going back. Yeah. yeah, and I yeah. find myself uh, losing losing myself into that music. I mean that uh, I, I just talking about now. I see all these images back from high school in my head, and just being in the mountains. And I love Led Zeppelin. Um, uh, and so, you know, that, and then I, I'm, I love country music, yeah. uh, and that's a extremely nostalgic for me, uh, growing up, uh, my father, uh, his old pickup trucks with only AM radio. Yeah. And we'd yeah. hear, AM, we'd hear, uh, you know, we'd turn on the truck and, It'd be on whatever it was like three channels, and uh, you know you'd hear, uh, and I I don't even remember who sang it, but have you ever heard the song "Oh Lord, It's Hard to Be Humble"? You heard yeah, that? who does sing that? I do remember uh, that. Yeah, but but I, uh, but I can see that though with your background. I see myself in, in the in the pickup Utah. truck. Yeah, AM radio. Yeah. Um, a track and, and there, so, ready to pop in. No a track. We we couldn't afford that. Oh, okay. uh, just radio, just AM with the, those big old push buttons, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and I, and because of that, when I lived in the South, I gravitated towards bluegrass mm. and I love oh. bluegrass. Yeah. You can't. And what I love bluegrass. about bluegrass is the bluegrass concerts I went to in the Cumberland Gap area of Tennessee, Kentucky, and Virginia are people who play bluegrass because they just in it is just inherently part of their being. They yeah. bleed it, they live it, they eat it. And when they're playing that mandolin and that banjo and that guitar, you look in their eyes and there is absolutely nothing else going on in the world but what they're doing right there and then. And and I I love that. And and bluegrass music is one is one of those things it's not it it's, it doesn't. I don't think it grabs a huge audience right off the bat, but I love it. If it does, and, it does. Yeah, and and, and you know the, if yeah, go ahead. If you ever if you ever get a chance, um, I forgot what album it was. Pat Metheny did an album where he fused jazz with bluegrass. Oh wow, Pat who? Pat Metheny. Probably with Bela Fleck or something. What's that? Did, did Bela Fleck play with him on that? He's he's the banjo guy, and he he fuses right. into jazz quite a bit. I I I, yeah, I, I want to say yes because I know who Bela Fleck is. I, I want to say yes. I think the album is called New Chautauqua, or the album yeah. right after that. But they they fuse, and Pat Metheny well, did a really a good... lengthy interview about bluegrass music. Yeah. You're saying it uh, on the fusing part, and it wasn't a huge influx, but uh, Diamond Rio does bluegrass intricate in their music. They have a guy that plays the mandolin and all that. And there's some of their intros and some of their songs is very bluegrass type. And I love I, those. That's what, those are my go-tos when I'm just, I just need to check out for a minute. Yeah. That's awesome. I, on. you know, it's funny when you're talking about Led Zeppelin, um, 
I, months ago, I got hooked back onto Led Zeppelin. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I put on Immigrant Song yeah. on repeat, and I literally yeah. play that song when I work out. And I'll be working out anywhere from 60 to 90 minutes yeah. lifting, and that thing will just keep going over and over and over again. <laughs> and I found that the there there is a – it's almost like you just get into this zone. There's this yeah. methodical process of yeah. lifting – to immigrant song that was, I think I hit some of the highest uh, weights that I've lifted in my adult life <laughs> with just listening to that on repeat. Lyle, how about yeah. you? What do you go back to um, over and over again? What has imprinted on you that you just keep going back to? Um, well, we're going to limit you to I like know. Casey took three. So you've been to over four or 500 concerts. So we're going <laughs> to limit you somewhere to three. I'll, I'll keep it to, to Tom Petty's wildflowers. Oh yeah. A masterpiece. Yeah, Wait, say that uh, one again. I that Tom one a lot. Um, so Tom Petty's wildflowers. Then what did you say after that? Uh, Paul Simon's Graceland. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, what a great album. Oh, so good. So one good. of the best, one of the best. And then, uh, and so those are quick. So I'm going to take two others. So Warren, Zivon, <laughs> if you don't know, oh, Warren Zivon, there you go. Um, Werewolves deep. of London was his yeah. big hit, but unfortunately that was the tip of the iceberg. Um, Letterman was a huge fan and Warren has said uh, he was the best that the Letterman was the best thing that ever happened to Warren's music and um, promoting him he'd come in and he'd sit in for Paul if Paul was out for a while Warren had come in and play and just mm. an amazing songwriter um, and so when I back back to the old days rock climbing a gear boy I worked for Petzl uh, making carabiners for rock climbing and so yeah. Rock Thompson yeah. you, you you met rock I remember history. rock yep yeah <laughs> so he was a big Warren fan so that's excuse me that's where I learned about Warren um, and then that's right. I forgot about that. When we would come and visit you in the factory and you're yeah. making carabiners and climbing equipment, that stuff would be playing. Yeah. Uh, in the factory there. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then I guess last one, I, the drive-by truckers. So hearing mm. Casey talk about down South and, and, and whatnot, these guys are from kind of muscle shoals area. The main songwriter, his dad was in the Swampers. He played bass. David Hood was his name. And so he's played on a bazillion albums. Um, but his son, Patterson, they kind of came together as a band in Athens, Georgia, uh, like <laughs> REM. And there's a pretty rich music scene with the university there. Yeah. Um, but the, just the way that they challenge the South. So I, I, I work for a big oil company. I work for Chevron. So I ended up um, going and living in Houston for a while. Okay. And there's just a lot of fond memories of the South. And a lot of it was, I mean, I was into the truckers before I went down there. And then when I listen to them, I, I just think of the South, but they, they challenge, it's kind of back to some of the comments that, that Miles was talking about and sometimes the double standards that happen out there and, and whatnot. And so they recognize the duality of the South. Um, you know, there's a lot of great people. They sing about um, Ronnie and Neil. So talking about Neil Young and, and Ronnie mm. Van Zant and that, mm -hmm. that kind of feud before there was the rap feuds, right? With, with uh, um, Leonard Skinner and Neil Young and Neil having- Yeah, written. that was the original feud. 
Yeah. So Neil yeah. writing the song Alabama that's very damning towards the South. Right. And then them returning with Sweet Home Alabama. So. <laughs> we we don't need we don't need Neil Young. Yeah. And so I mean there's stories and and the the drive by truckers, they have an out al- a double album that talks about that. It's kind of a loose um homage to Leonard Skinner, but it it talks about how um Neil was an honorary pallbearer at Ronnie Van Zant's funeral. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Very cool. But they challenge the fact that, you know, they're the ugly history of the South, but that there are a lot of good people down there. Yeah. And <laughs> I get emotional about this. All right. That's cool. That's awesome. You know, I can read some lyrics, but I can't. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. But that's and that's the thing. Music moves that's us. The power you know, of music. I and I think that that's that's why we keep yeah. coming back to certain things. You know, I I'd say well, I'll, be dri- well, I'll be driving down the freeway here in I-15 in Vegas, and people pass me, and I got tears going down my face because songs songs yeah. are powerful. Yeah. I, and I it's, love that uh, I, I love that I can do that. I love that that, that motion can come out. Awesome. So, you know, and I'll tell I'll tell you the um, I keep coming back. There's a few artists and bands that I and 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 albums, I guess, that I keep coming back to. Miles, I'm I'm, I'm with you on Kind of Blue. Um, I listen to that. I don't know how often, uh, but yeah. but every every so often, it just it's it's a kind of blue time, and I've got to listen to. It. In fact, two or three days ago, um. I popped that up. I'm sitting out on the porch listening to that for a couple of hours and doing nothing. Um, I think Sting's Dream of the Blue Turtles is a big one for me. Uh, There's something about that when we talk. Lyle, you mentioned this about imprinting. Uh, There was something about that culturally that spoke to me. There was there's lyrics in there. There's music in there that speaks to my upbringing, my growing up. You know, when um, Sting is going back and forth about uh, do the Russians love their children, too, and this whole Cold War mentality. Oh, what a great song. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I just um, I, that, that was my that was my upbringing. So there's an imprint there when when I need a creative push, I go to bands like the Beasties uh, run DMC. I know how the beasties used to create their music and uh, through that chaotic creation that helps me to paint and to create uh, visual art. Um, but I do think that the, you know, I, I'm, I'm also a rocker at heart. And so I go back to some of that old school rock. I I love Led Zeppelin. I'm, I love Pink Floyd. There's moments where it's just a, another brick in the wall time to sit back and, uh, and listen and, and reminisce. So, okay. Last two questions. I want to do a rapid fire because I know we're running short on the time that we had planned for this. Um, so two questions, you got to do them fairly rapid uh, question number one is, what is a, or who is, I should say, a person or a band that some of our listeners may have never heard of, but they need to? And then the second question is, what's the qu- craziest memory that you've had from a concert? So 
Lyle, let's start with you this time. Um, <laughs> we're going to come to you and then we're going to go the circle. Okay. I promise to leave the rest of y'all a little bit of time. There you go. <laughs> um, I, for Casey's sake, I'll give I'll give a couple uh, of bands <laughs> that he may not have heard of. From talking country, talking southern stuff, there's a guy named Paul Coffin. Uh, oh, he's I from love Dallas stuff. area. You got me onto his stuff, and I yeah, love Big it. Velvet is his nickname. Oh. He's the reincarnation of Johnny Cash. He and literally co sounds coffin like the coffin you lay in. C A U T H E N coffin. Okay, Casey. When I played the some of his music for the first time, Danielle thought I was just playing Johnny Cash. Oh, really? And it, she goes, "What is this? I've never heard this before." He is unbelievable. Now I love Johnny great. Cash. And, and live, he's phenomenal, too. He's, he's got a great I presence. Imagine. I mean, he's a Hulk yeah. of a man, and so he's got a great presence. Um, another one that if you listen to his music, he's from Georgia, a guy named Brent Cobb with two Bs. Um, C-O-B-B. Yeah, C-O-B-B. So it's, it's, the songs are just so familiar when you listen to his, his stuff. Um, he was on tour. He came through with Chris Stapleton and, and toured with him last time Chris was doing a big tour if you like his stuff. And then yeah, lastly, Todd, Todd Snyder. So he's a Nashville hmm. guy, East Nashville, hilarious songwriter. He's a, he's a big stoner <laughs> kind of guy. Nice. And so realizing that he's kind of on a perma high and then hear the songs is intricate and that he can remember the words and in seeing him alive and to be able to recreate all that stuff is just, he's phenomenal. So there's, there's those three. Awesome. Check them out. So, so best or craziest memory from a concert? Uh, I wrote four down for that one. <laughs> you got to pick one, buddy. You I'll do pick one, one crazy and one best. How's that? All right. That's fair. So, so craziest back to, I mean, since we brought them up so many times, I'm going to go with the Beastie Boys. Um, crazy twice because the first time I saw him was 95. John Spencer's Blues Explosion opened, and then The Roots. And I was oh wow, The Roots right opened the for the, the Beasties. What's that? The Roots opened for the Beasties. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and so I'm right at the front of the barricade, and you know I'm I'm a religious Utah boy, and all of a sudden I smell this smell, and I look up, and there's this huge <laughs> cloud of smoke at the drum riser, and Black Thoughts up there just going to town on a joint and just nice. a huge haze of smoke and the show was crazy i mean i stayed right down front for a while and eventually had to get out because it was just too is much this for... back when the beasties were bringing out that massive penis no um okay. this would have been good for you they had a they had a massive yes. i don't even remember what it what the size was, but if you watch their their uh, documentary, they talk about this, that they would travel across the country and they just had this massive penis that they would bring on stage. I, I don't recall one. This was out at Saltaire. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. But but yeah, so it was uh, it was a crazy show. And then I saw him again at at an, at a um, at the E Center, Maverick Center now. And so okay. I was actually up on the balcony, and they did it in the round, and they closed with sabotage. And I thought oh. the balcony was going to collapse. Oh, yeah. People were going absolutely nuts. 
and the floor. I mean, the whole balcony. My favorite video of all up time. And down. Yeah. Uh, Money Mark like much. jumping on the keyboard, ripping keys off, and you know the stage is twirling around, and it was. Yeah, so that that's a song to go back to and just go yeah. nuts with is sabotage. Yeah. And then um, one of the coolest, best memories. Neil Young's a huge influence. I love Neil Young, um, and so he used to do what they called the Bridge School Benefit Concert in Mountain View, California. It was something that him and his now ex and dead wife Peggy, um, they had a son with cerebral palsy, I believe, and so they founded this school. And every year for kids with severe learning disabilities and challenges. And so then they do this fundraiser every year at Mountain View, um, right in the middle of like Silicon Valley and next to Google and all this stuff. And so I went um, with Mark Brooks. <laughs> he and I, we didn't have a place to stay. We drove over. Of course um, not. Yeah. Sounds um, about right. And I mean, this was before, you know, iPhones and all this stuff. It would have been, oh, one because it was right after 9-11, it was every October, and that's what made it special. So we went over and everybody plays acoustic sets. Nice. Um, so the lineup that night was, I made my notes. Let me see here. Um, Neil Young and Crazy Horse, Pearl Jam that hadn't played together in a long time. REM, oh. Dave Matthews solo, Ben oh, Harper wow. solo, wow. Tracy Chapman, Billy Ooh. Idol, and a gal named Jill Solbuel. Wow. And, and That's Billy, amazing. we were standing in the parking lot waiting again, because it's like, you know, the big amphitheaters where you got a seated section and then a grass. And so we wanted to be right at the front of the grass and tickets were like 45 bucks. And so we hear him sound checking and Billy Idol doing like white wedding and dancing with yourself. And then all of a sudden he starts doing Buffalo Springfields for what it's worth. We're like, are Billy Idol doing <laughs> what it's worth. Yeah, and so in the in the set, he's uh, like, "Ah, oh, you have to forgive me. We want to do this one for Neil. You have to forgive me." So he has a lyric sheet. The the funniest thing is actually Stephen Stills wrote the song. It wasn't a Neil Young song, but it was Buffalo Springfield. Right, right. But the memorable moment was is Neil Young and Crazy Horse finished their set. Um, the closing song was Imagine. And they put up the lyrics in the whole crowd singing Imagine. Wow. Wow. Oh, that's going to be moving. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Unbelievable. That's really cool. I got to say, that is one of the, for me, that's one of the all time most moving songs. Yeah. Yeah. I can only imagine what that would, what that would be like. Wow. Yep. That's cool. Pretty cool. All right, Casey, coming to you. Uh, what's one band, artist, or group that people may have not heard of, but they need to? And then best or craziest memory from a concert? Um, I think people have heard of this guy. Uh, I Well, then I you're heard, doing it wrong. Well, <laughs> I, I, I'm not. I, I, unfortunately, I don't have the, the knowledge of Miles and Lyle. Yeah. But uh, I was very in a, few do. I was in the store in in uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, years ago, and the song came on, and I just stopped. I'm like, "Who is this?" And the kid working there is like, "Oh, this is Jamie Johnson." And I, I'd never heard Jamie Johnson's music before. See, I don't know Jamie Johnson. I and that Jamie is Johnson. that dude is so good. 
Oh my gosh. Human voice. And his voice. It, it, it reminds me of AM radio. Yeah. That is, that is old school Willie Nelson right there. Oh, there and um, I love his song called That Lonesome Song. And I tell you what, you guys need to listen to that. That's one of the best country songs I've ever heard. Uh, Jamie Johnson is the guy. That was probably 2013. He's so. an Alabama, Alabama guy from what I'm seeing. Okay, cool. Yeah. What's the name Jamie of that Johnson. song again? That Lonesome Song. Oh, that I got it. Okay. Song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so best best experience at a concert then. <sighs> Best ex- my best experience at a concert, Miles. You'll love this. <laughs> <laughs> so, 1990, and I stayed out all flipping night for tickets <laughs> at, at at Smith's Marketplace or Smith's Food Smith's Media. Ticks. Yeah, <laughs> Utah and, ticket. And, I, and, and my buddy and I were like third in line and. We get in there and we get our tickets and we are we are crapping in high cotton, man, because we are going to none other but MC Hammer, baby. Yeah. With the Salt Palace in Salt Lake City. Okay, the one and, uh, question I need to know is did you wear hammer pants for this? Oh baby. That's all I wore. <laughs> that's all you still wear that's all i still wear yeah when i go, when, when i move through the house it's a hammer move i just shuffle baby <laughs> you can't and, touch and, that you don't want to touch i that. don't i don't know how we got to where we got to but we were like middle down on the floor in the middle section not far from the stage and trust me i didn't have money to get that ticket i don't know how we got there but anyways, they put Hammer, two guys about 14 sizes bigger than me, put Hammer on their shoulders, and then he starts going down the aisle, and that cat high-fived me, and I'm like, oh, man, that's uh, what uh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the chance to quit, baby. <laughs> yeah, Hammer slap. Yeah, I got yeah. the Hammer slap. That's, that's why so your funny. hand smells so bad all the time yeah, now. Bad, you baby. never washed it you know it went broke my hand oh, did that's great so <laughs> yeah oh, uh but that was in my senior year of high school that was awesome that was awesome miles how about yeah. you what uh what's a what's a band person or a con or a, a album that people haven't heard of that they need to okay real fast i i hope i gotta get to this real fast it's a little bit of a story. Well, that's the whole idea is real fast. So real fast. So real fast. When I when I was in really? college. When you say real fast, it means super slow. Yeah. When I was in college, there was a class called the philosophy of life through jazz. And I had it was like one credit. So I, I had time to take it. I never so when you take class. this, when you take when you take this class. His name was Professor Bell. He would interview you and he would do like an hour long interview. And based on what he thought of you, he would recommend music that he thought was the opposite of who you are. And you had to listen to it and wrestle with it to try to understand it. He gave me an album called Ornette Coleman's um, Free Jazz. I hated every bit of that album. I couldn't stand that album. I hated it. 
I would go back to him and I'd say, Professor Bell, can I get another album? He said, no, listen to it again. What's the name? I listened to it again. Professor Bell, it was called Free Jazz by Ornette Coleman. So I would go back to him again. I hate this album. He said, listen, you have a preconceived notion of what music is supposed to sound like. If you could relax and just let it happen, don't expect anything. Just listen to it. I listened to it when I was tired. I listened to it when I was high. I listened to it when I was angry, when I was upset all the time. And then after about a month, I remember listening to it and something happened. It was a little piece of the music that I thought, wow. And like candy, when it crystallizes, all of a sudden I found myself really enjoying this album. Yeah. So what my point is, is that I think in, in this kind of abstract way, people should listen to stuff that has nothing to do with who they are. And then as a as a as a as a exercise, just play with it and see what happens. And if you need a specific album, it is Free Jazz by Ornette Coleman. Awesome. Okay, so um we are running super long on time. And so you're My crazy real experience. Quick. Your real quick was not real quick, but okay. No, no, that's your, that's, so let's see, we got to skip yours and we got to skip my crazy experience at a concert. Well, good. Cause mine was really um, wild. So I don't I'm mind. Sure it that. is. So let me tell you, let me tell you about the person that I think people need to listen to that they may not know. It's a guy by the name of Benjamin Clementine. Uh, I read an, I, I read the wall street journal a lot. I read this uh, article. I can't remember who it was. British actress, I think, that said, hey, this guy is amazing. I got uh, turned on to his music a few years ago, and I love what he produces. He has got an amazing, amazing voice. Uh, London is one of my favorite songs. I Won't Complain, Nemesis. Um, He puts out some great, great music. So Benjamin Clementine, check him out. Uh, Guys, we have officially... What's that? He won the Mercury Prize in England for one of his albums a few years back, which is their like what's the album of the year? Okay. For, for yeah, I've never heard of that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah his music is unbelievable. Um, so w- with that, guys, we we've got to wrap this podcast up. This officially goes into the uh, history <laughs> books as our longest podcast. Um, I think anybody that's still listening to us can tell that we all love music and uh, food and we love to talk about music music and food so i want to thank our guest lyle van ormond who is also our co-host tonight for coming on thank you lyle um you are the uh the inspiration for this episode and the inspiration for what uh what we talked about tonight um so really appreciate you coming on and sharing some of your wisdom with us i know we could go on for hours and hours and so we're definitely going to have to do this again if you're up for it i wrote down a bunch of music my schedule i'll check my schedule yeah Yeah, i got about i got about (laughs) 20 new artists to listen to now me too yeah 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 no this has been good Uh, jazz i'm starting to get into it and uh art blakey and and you know oh man jazz drummers and stuff I've, i've been checking out buddy rich and yeah anyway awesome 
Well, guys, you've been Brian. listening to to the Evolve podcast uh, <laughs> uh, with my co-host, Mr. Chippendales, and the most interesting man on his block. We've had a great conversation today, and we hope you, our listeners, took something with you that are going to help you in your personal evolution. Uh, great bands that you can listen to. Uh, Lyle, thanks again for joining us. Uh, Casey, you, real quick, tell the people how to find us on the, uh, at the Evolve podcast. Yeah, join the conversation, evolve-cast.com, our website and Instagram at evolve underscore cast. Uh, leave us comments, ask us questions and uh, some thoughts that you have from what you hear and and then join our community of evolving. We all learn from each other and, and everyone has a great story to share. So come see us. Awesome. And Miles, how do people look as amazing as you and remember to constantly evolve? Uh, I don't know, Steve. everybody just we we have got actually a ton of gear now we got mugs we've got shirts we've got hoodies hey miles Um, we've got a we've got a march saint patrick's day hoodie now we've got a march saint patrick's day hoodie now evolve in green disrupt in green disrupt in green and again (laughs) As important as that stuff is, folks, um, go out and create your evolved communities. Grab friends, get together, talk about how you're evolving. It can be grand, it can be small. And be sure. Oh, sometimes and evolving is small incremental movements. Create that community. It's the Snoop Dogg line. Snoop Dogg's got him, baby. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the Evolve Podcast, a podcast that explores personal evolution through our choices and overcoming the challenges that life throws at us. We believe that enjoying your life is part of the evolution, and that's why we did this episode tonight. So get out there, make some great food, listen to some great music, connect with your friends, share with them, and now it's time for you to get out there and evolve. And evolve.